After launching hundreds of products successfully, we often get asked, what is Harvest Growth's secret sauce? In today's episode, I share the behind the scenes process that we use for every marketing campaign launch. Are you looking for new ways to make your sales grow? You've tried other podcasts, but they don't seem to know. Harvest the growth potential of your product or service as we share stories and strategies that'll make your competitors nervous. Now, here's the host of the Harvest Growth Podcast, John LeClaire. Every product or service launch that we execute remains basically the same in terms of the overall process. Even though the products or services may be different, the messaging may look different. But really, again, that process stays very similar. And that's what I'm going to walk through today. This is the same process over the years that we've used to develop and launch new products and services for OxyClean many years ago, for Nabisco 100-calorie packs that have been so successful now for 15, almost 20 years, Sonic Scrubber, which went on to sell over 10 million units, Bona Hardwood Floor Mop, Gunned Teddy Bears. That business was sold for over $70 million. Pony Up Daddy was a saddle that dads wear. Their kids ride them around. If you've got young toddlers in the house, it's kind of just a funny, almost gag gift. We achieved a 17 times ROI on that business by following these processes I'm about to share with you. Boogie Board, the electronic tablet you've probably seen. We've done several products for launch, product launches for them, generating millions of dollars in sales. And also Enduro Power Batteries. This is uh, only a few years old, and they achieved a million dollars in sales in their very first year in business, doubled it their second year, and have significantly grown since then. Again, all of these businesses, big and small, have followed the same process that I'm about to share with you in this podcast. Okay, the first step is really you want to optimize the audience, offer, and messaging behind your campaign. With that, you can make almost any product or service successful. Let me walk you through the process of how to learn or really optimize your audience, your offer, and your messaging. And I'll get to those in more detail in a second. We really follow a, a process that we start with testing first, then moving into optimization or optimizing and then scaling up your business. So in essence, testing, is, it means market research, or there's many ways to do that. And I'll walk through those. Optimizing, you'll do through a small controlled launch. And then once you achieve the results that you need or you want for your business, now it's about, okay, how do we scale this up? We've got a successful $100,000 business. How do we take it to a million? We've got a million dollar business. How do we take it to 10 or $100 million? That's the scaling approach that I'll walk through as well. So first thing we do is is testing. Again, this is essentially a market research. So the very first thing we're going to do in a campaign could be a brand new product or service, or it could be a new campaign for an existing business we're trying to reinvigorate or really grow. A few different ways to do that. One is online survey. I'm going to walk through that in great de detail in a second. Another way is a focus group. So this is a great way to get qualitative responses. If you've got questions on your creative or product changes to make, bring in a group of people that you don't know, talk about that your product, your service for typically half an hour to an hour, asking a battery of questions. What are they like? What are they don't what they don't like? What questions do they have? It's a great way to get creative responses or answers about your creative in your campaign before you launch, before you spend money behind it. Another great way is going to trade shows 
or consumer shows. So you can think home and garden shows or an industry show. This is the chance now to talk live face-to-face with potential customers selling your product or service. And you'll find out very quickly in the first couple of hours in a brand new show, you'll get almost all the answers that you need in order to make your campaign, your business more successful. Getting in front of consumers in a live environment face-to-face like that Again, whether it's business to business or business to consumer product or service, getting in front of people to sell to them directly is extremely valuable. Another great tool we've used over the years is what we call competitive review. There's a few different tools we use, but the ultimate goal is, hey, let's see what your competitors are doing and what's working. So for example, if you have a a product-based business, If you have competitors that are selling on Amazon, check out a software called Jungle Scout, if you don't know that already. It's a way to see the behind the scenes estimated sales for your competitors. You can find out what were their monthly unit sales and dollar sales over the last month for your competitors by product, by category, and you can see a lot of products at the same time. It's really an easy tool to use uh, to start to see what's working and what's not for your competitors. Um, you can also, there's cool cool tools like Merchant Words and others where you can see what keywords they're using on Amazon to drive their sales. So if you see a really successful campaign or product, find out what keywords they're using. And that can be used whether you're selling on Amazon or take those learnings onto your website, onto a Facebook ad, or into a TV spot, whatever, whatever avenue you might be pursuing. Another great tool is Facebook ad transparency. So if you look on a Facebook page for a business and look up ad transparency, you'll be able to see if they're currently running any paid Facebook ads. Click on that button right below that where it says see ads. And now you can see the actual ads, all of them that are running, both the videos and images, as well as any ad copy that they're going to. You can't see results necessarily, but you can see creatives that are running. If it's a if it's an ad campaign, you can see the, the, the time that it started, if it's been running for months, most likely that's a campaign that's working really well for them. So start to look at creative just to generate some thoughts or ideas of what might be possible for your business, your category. A similar tool, but for Google ads is called SEM Rush. So search engine marketing, SEM Rush. It's a paid tool. Uh, Facebook ad transparency is totally free. Jungle Scout is a paid tool as well as is Merchant Words. But through SEM Rush or similar tools, now you can see in Google what your competitors are using in terms of keywords and what's successful for them. There's a great detail of data that goes into that SEM Rush and other tools as well. And it's arguably not very expensive. It can be you know, under a hundred bucks a month to to do a membership with that. And finally, another free tool is simply Googling, right? So Google your category, Google your competition. You'll start to see what content is out there, how they're talking about their business, how maybe other websites or other businesses are selling them and, and start to see again, what messaging is working, potentially what audiences they're targeting, but spend some time simply Googling, uh, totally free, except for the time that it takes to go in there. Similar to that is looking up uh, social media posts on their Facebook, their Instagram, their TikTok pages, uh, as well as social media paid ads I talked about through, through their transparency. All right, let me get back to the survey. This is a piece that we use that has provided great value to us at Harvest Growth and our clients over the last now 16 years we've been in business. We've done over a thousand of these types of surveys to test products and services before we go to launch. So when we have a client that approaches us and they have a $5,000 budget or a $500,000 budget, either way, we always start with this market research as the first step. 
it can be pretty simple. We oftentimes will start off with an audience of 100 to 200 people. You just want to make sure that's a general audience representative of your audience. If it's a general product that works for men and women of all different ages, then 100 to 200 people can give you a good sample size representation of that audience. The more people you survey, the more accurate results get only to a certain point. After you, you test to a few hundred different people, there are, it, the cost really isn't necessary. So start with 100 to 200 people. If you're going to split your data into a bunch of different buckets of ages, genders, et cetera, maybe take it to a few hundred. But beyond that is really not necessary. In that survey, really what you want to do is test a concept of your product or service, describe it, show images, and then ask a battery of questions. I'm going to talk about at the end of this, if you ever want to reach out to ask any questions on exactly how we do uh, this approach, we're happy to jump on the phone with you. If you go to harvestgrowth.com, you can click to set up a free consultation with one of our product launch experts, and they'll walk you through all of this. We can send you examples, et cetera. But in that survey, so we're, we're going to share the concept, show images, copy, key messaging, et cetera. And then we ask, okay, what do you like? What do you not like? about? What questions do you have about this? We'll scale their answers and try to find out their purchase intent, uh, their uniqueness, credibility, their believability, if, if the product works or not, how much they like it. And then we also ask, is this product solving a problem for you or service, right? So if the way we've described it is not solving a burning issue or problem you have in your life, it's harder to sell. It's harder to market. So we want to tweak the messaging until we get that solves a problem score or percentage of people that either agree or strongly agree that it solves a problem. We want that score to be pretty high. The ultimate goal is we want to get that messaging to the point where the purchase intent, so the intent of your consumer audience or business audience to shell out money to buy from you is high. So we like to see the percentage of the audience that at least agrees or strongly agrees that they're interested in purchasing your product to be 40 percent or higher. If you've got that in a general audience, you're in great shape. Now you've got a campaign or a product or service that you can get that up and launched and ready to go You know, in, in that working order. Now we want to dive into more details. So we also want to look at messaging. So we want to look at features and benefits. We typically will list out between 10 and 20 different features and benefits for a given product or service. And we have them rank order, pick, pick their top three. And then we're looking for the ones that really rise to the top. In, in any marketing campaign, there's so much you can say about your product or service, but there's only so much time or space you have to say it, right? You could make an hour long video and talk about everything, but no one's gonna listen to that, right? So we wanna get to the messaging fast. If it's digital in 15 seconds, if it's TV, a minute to two minutes. So somewhere in that ballpark, what are those core features and benefits that are really gonna drive interest for your product? So rank ordering their features and benefits is, is one way to get there very effectively. We also ask about concerns. So what concerns, we'll give them a list of possible concerns, could be pricing, could be that they wanna hear about it from others, need, they need credibility and a list of other concerns to try to find out, okay, there are, are there messaging needs that we need to talk about in order to answer questions that our audience may have, again, to boost up that purchase intent. Pricing as well. We're always going to ask, okay, let's ask purchase intent before they know the price of the product or service. Go back and ask that same question once we reveal the price. Does it go up? Does it go down? And how much, right? So typically speaking, once you introduce a price, it almost always, your purchase intent almost always decreases because now you have to pay something, whatever that is. Uh, and if it goes down 20, 25% from the unpriced purchase intent, not a problem. Every now and then it actually goes up, meaning that people expect to pay more than you're charging. Now, what that means is oftentimes now we can raise our prices. 
raise our margins, increase our margins on this on this product, which is fantastic. So this and this this approach also gives us an answer to audience, so who we target. And the way we do this is we look at our demographics, so age, gender, and income primarily. And then we look at the data for, okay, of the people that are, we call it top two box, so those that either agree or strongly agree that they're interested in purchasing your product, is that group more likely to be male or female? What age group are they most likely to be in? And then same thing with income. What incomes we call index highly or uh, or achieve higher than average purchase intent scores or are more interested in purchasing than the average. That helps us figure out, okay, is this a male or female target market? It may sell to both and you may have an audience that really does well with both. But what we're trying to find out is the target audience or target market, meaning what's the easiest audience to approach, the ones that are most interested in your product or service, because that'll be the least expensive audience to market to. Get that early, fast profitability, and then you'll get the umbrella approach growing beyond that to hit the you know other gender, other uh, income sets, other ages, et cetera. But find that sweet spot, that target audience that is that is hyper-focused on purchasing your product or service. So again, the survey, really that that focus is going to be on getting your audience, your offer, and your messaging figured out. So audiences, who do we target? Once we go to Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, who is that target market? TV, whatever it might be, age, gender, income, et cetera. The offer. So how do we price our product or service? If there's not a lot of value viewed in market research, that it, it may just mean that A, we need to either offer promo codes, discounts, decrease our price, or we need to build up the value. So we need to talk about benefits more that are more important to our customers or consumers and build up that value for our offer. So it's really not necessarily about changing your price, but how do we make that price or that value, that offer appear to be more value to our valuable to our to our customers or consumers. Last piece again is messaging. So now Okay, audience offer, and then how do we talk about it means our messaging. So this is what's going to drive our scripting of any videos that we're going to do or copy that goes in ad copy or onto images in our Facebook campaigns and our TikTok campaigns, in our Instagram campaigns and our TV campaigns, et cetera. So that's the testing phase. Market research is that first step in the process to a successful product or service or campaign launch. Next is optimize. So after we test, we get all this figured out. Now we launch and we optimize. So first thing is we want to learn what works, right? So we're going to test. Let's take Facebook, for example. We're going to run five to 10 different versions of video and or still images in the creative. We don't want to just test one image, one ad, one audience and say, hey, it either worked or it didn't. Let's get as much data as we can up front. We can't over inundate the more, if we have too much, it becomes too hard to keep track of, but five to 10 versions of our creative, again, video images, et cetera. And then another five to 15 versions of our ad copy. So written ad copy could be a, a couple of sentences, a paragraph, et cetera. The ad copy that connects with the images and Facebook and Instagram, for example, launch that campaign and then now see what ads are working well, which ones are driving the highest click-through rate, highest number of people to your website, and then which were driving the highest conversion rates, et cetera. 
and we're going to optimize, meaning we're going to take out, trim the fat. So take out the ones that aren't working and replace with new creative or copy that is similar to those that, that are working. Same thing goes with audiences. Test a bunch of different audiences, not just by age, but also by interest. By There's ways to actually target Facebook groups, for example. Find out groups that are that are working through a separate software that we use not directly through Facebook, but find out audience, uh, the, the, the creative or messaging that's working as well as offers. So let's stick some offers in there for promo codes, discounts, et cetera, and see what drives interest, drives purchase, et cetera. And the key to there is to, to act on your results. So, so many times we give this advice and somebody runs a campaign, they have a bunch of different ad sets in there and they just kind of pick the first the best message, the best uh, ad copy, the best creative, the best audience, and, and just run with it, turn it on autopilot and forget about it. But really in, in reality, you got to act on, okay, this isn't just one answer. It's such a complex game to figure out which ad sets are working, which campaigns are working, et cetera, driven by copy, audience, creative, et cetera. So acting on the results, basically what I mean is let's fine tune, uh, pick uh, and create creative that is similar to what's working. Let's get ad copy from the top five that's working, trim everything else out, find similars and continue to test whatever worked best your first week or first month is only going to get better as we continue this process of optimization really forever. So even as we talk about in a second, scaling up your business, even in that phase, you're constantly testing, tweaking optimizing, again, your creative, your ad copy, your messaging, your offer, the audience you're talking to. So constantly test the next thing. Don't ever give up and sit back and say, oh, it's working now because what's going to happen is Facebook, for example, may change their algorithms, may change what's working, or your audience may get saturated with your current messaging. So always be testing, always be optimizing with the goal of creating purchase intent. So all of this behind it, it's great to get click-throughs. It's great to get traffic to your website. What really is driving, ultimately, conversions? A bunch of metrics get us there, but the ultimate goal is a return on ad spend or ROI, ROAS, it's called in Facebook, a return on ad spend. So for every dollar you spend, how many dollars are you generating in revenue? So getting that profitability is essentially metric. Once you get that optimized or maximized, now you can really start to scale up the business. You've you've found you've found a responsive group of people. You've messaged in a compelling way. You found pricing that works for them, and you've retargeted to people that show some interest. Get them back to the site. All of this is is optimizing, fine tuning, and when you get your goal ROAS, your goal profitability, it really is just about okay. Let's scale it up. I do want to emphasize, this is a part where a lot of businesses start to falter. They go through this entire optimization process and they get to, let's say their goal is a 4.0 ROAS, meaning for every dollar they spend, they get $4 back in revenue. Your goals may be higher or lower than that. But if you're achieving that goal, you may think, okay, awesome. I'm spending $100 a day or $1,000 a day. Let me just double that. Let me take it up by 10X. There is a process in Facebook, when we scale, we want to do it in a controlled fashion. So you typically don't want to do anything more than 
between 50 to 100% growth from week over week. So for example, if you're at $100 a day in, in media one week, it's working really well. You're hitting ROAS goals. Your next week, you wouldn't want to go any more than 150 to 200. And once you hit 200, you, you want to take it between three and 400. Scale it up carefully and do it on a week by week basis. Let it settle in for at least a week. Once your results start to stabilize, get back to that 4.0 ROAS, if that's your target, for example, accelerate it. Now, part of the ways to do this is we need to generate or find new audiences, or we get increased frequency with our existing audience, or we continually optimize so uh, so the uh, success is seen from that same number of people, but they're, they're responding at a higher rate. They're clicking through at a higher rate. They're converting at a higher rate. They're looking at the website. Uh, once they get there, how do we get the conversion rate much higher? So again, new audiences, increased frequency, continual optimization, both on our site and in our campaign. That's the process to really scale it up in a controlled fashion. The amazing thing is if you think about doubling from week over week, that $100 a day can quickly turn into $10,000, $100,000 a day for maximum campaigns with, with really big audiences. That's where we scale up. When we start to see this profitability really drive in to the business. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope it was helpful, but this is all at a high level, really a generalization for things that work for almost every business. But you've got a, a specific business. If you want to talk to us directly and get some advice on how you can implement this process that's been so successful for us and hundreds of our clients over the last many years, please visit harvestgrowth.com and schedule a free consultation with one of our product launch specialists. 